Hello, and welcome to the Cosmic Cauldron with hosts Jamie and Charlotte, where we discuss spirituality, paganism, witchcraft, holistic lifestyles, and everything in between. So gather around the cauldron every Wednesday, where we brew up a new topic. Welcome back to the Cosmic Cauldron. Today's episode is Astrology 201. This is our second episode on astrology where we're going to be covering a little bit more details and things that I am still genuinely still wrapping my head around. I have a general idea (laughs) of, of how it all works, but Charlotte is really the shining star with this subject. Yes. And what you don't know, I, I text you and tell you about anyways. So <laughs> you're, you're like my in-house astrology expert. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what this episode is going to be. We're going to be digging a little deeper into the natal chart. Now, on the 101 episode of astrology, we focused on the signs. So for this episode... We're going to be focusing on the planets in your natal chart, as well as the houses in your natal chart. And we're also going to briefly touch on aspects and a few other things that I find are helpful for reading your birth chart. So first up, I wanted to discuss the planets and what those planets mean in our own natal charts. First up is the sun and your sun sign. And this is the sign that most people are going to reply with when somebody asks, what's your sign? So the sun is the representation of our egos and ourselves. But this isn't the only planet in astrology that we need to be mindful of. Next up is our moon sign. And Our moon represents emotions, and that's sort of our inner world. The moon itself is, you know, representative of intuition, and this is just sort of our emotional responses and how we process things. Next up is our ascendant, and that is sometimes referred to as the mask that we wear. It's also considered to be the first impression that we give others. Although I don't see it as quite this black and white because, you know, it's not just a mask. To me, a mask implies that, you know, it's not a true facet of your personality and that's not accurate. Now, the sun, moon, and ascendant make up what you will see referred to as your big three. You know, yeah, I've actually heard people talk about the ascendant as just the first thing that people notice about you. It's how you come off to other people. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times it sort of gets passed off as that. And to me, it kind of makes it, you know, seem less important than it is, but it's actually a very fundamental portion of your chart. The ascendant is actually the sign that was on the Eastern horizon when you were born. And for some, the ascendant is sort of not even, you know, the mask you wear, it's actually a sign that you sort of grow into as well as you age. So like when we're younger, we may identify more with our sun sign. And as we age, we can sort of blend in together, like all of our signs, and we become a little more like our ascendant. That actually makes a lot of sense because, well, it wasn't until maybe just a few years ago that I even realized what an ascendant was and that I was, you know, a Scorpio ascendant with a 
with an Aquarius sun and an Aquarius moon, <laughs> you know, that was very yes. interesting and important for me to learn that the other part of that trio was Scorpio because it, it explains a lot of what people have said about me that they thought about me, like talking to people I knew from high school, like how they thought I was back then, wasn't at all who I really was. It was just kind of what they saw, I guess. Ooh. You know? <laughs> Yeah, more like, okay, so like, <laughs> to be more specific, I have run into a couple different people from high school. And they all thought that I was kind of a bitch. Um, because I used to oh. daydream. I used to daydream a lot. And I would just stare off into space. And they'd be like, you were staring at me at lunch all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know who you are. I was probably daydreaming. I don't want to tell them that because that is rude, right? <laughs> but I'm like, I don't remember that at all. And I'm pretty sure I was probably not even on this planet. I was looking through you, not at you. <laughs> yes, that's a pretty good mixture there. Um, well, those, those signs that can be, you know, very um, contrasting, like, like, Aquarius and Scorpio, where Aquarius is, you know, thought of as aloof or, or not having any feelings and Scorpio, you know, they're, they're constantly swimming in, in that depth. So yeah, it's a big, big difference between the two signs, but it, it builds, you know, this multifaceted, you know, story. There, there's a lot of layers to astrology. Um, yes, and I have absolutely enjoyed learning all of these different facets and layers of the onion. If we can quote, quote Shrek real quick, you know, there's just more and more layers. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Shrek, man. And donkey, man. Yes. <laughs> and in the morning, um, I'm making waffles. <laughs> My daughter just quoted that to me like yesterday, last night as we were cooking dinner. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and we were having breakfast for dinner, actually. Uh, it's a classic. Classic. Yes. Although I am not sure between the Scorpio or the Aquarius, which one we will attribute your resting bitch face to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the ability to go back and forth because it's like I've always had this like impression that I had like a light switch as far as like my moods or my emotions go I can flip it on I can flip it off it's like I can go back and forth between that aloof Aquarius and the deep feeling Scorpio you know yeah yeah <laughs> kind of toggle like toggle back and forth yeah I understand that yeah I I definitely have resting bitch face as well man <laughs> or so I have been told <laughs> I was just gonna say, is this why we have a podcast and not a YouTube channel? Because we're, we don't look approachable. <laughs> oh, I hope not. I, I hope to look approachable. But, you know, I'm getting some feedback that that says I don't at times. So, <laughs> oh, man, well, I don't agree with that at all. But I've also known you like forever. So <laughs> me either. Me either. Uh... So back to the big three, uh, this consists of your sun, moon, and ascendant. Now, while I refer to these as planets, I am highly aware they are not, but these three components are what some consider some of the most prominent parts of your chart. 
And now we'll move on to the rest of the planets. I'm just going to touch on just briefly uh, to give you an idea of, of what these planets mean in astrology. And the first one I want to mention is Mercury. I think everyone at this point is familiar with Mercury because of Mercury retrograde and is, you know, rising popularity <laughs> online. Yes, yes. <laughs> Always yeah. have something to blame it on. Right. Yeah. If you don't know what MR is, and that's what we call it, okay, um, <laughs> then where have you been? You living under a rock? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we've got a Mercury. We've got a Mercury retrograde coming up here shortly, too. Oh, I'm sure. They're, like, always around the corner. Just the time you get done with one and recover, then boom, there it is again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. And I think the reason people love to obsess over it, or at least in my opinion, is because Mercury is the planet of, of thinking. It's, it's, it's what I think is this planet. And so it has to do with intellect and, you know, communication and that sort of thing. So, you know, it, it puts you in this state of, um, Mercury puts you in a state of contemplation is kind of how I like to look at it. And that's, I think Mercury retrograde puts you in this state of, of a kind of a pause, like a mental pause. And I think we just aren't used to that as a culture anymore, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Mercury retrogrades. I mean, they get a bad rap, but you know, it's not, it's not all bad. It's a great, uh, time to just pause, you know, that's, it's necessary. It's just, it a, is. Yeah, something that you have to do from time to time. So they're not bad periods. And I wasn't planning on talking about retrograde planets within a birth chart, but since we've segued a little bit, um, you can also check your birth chart for what planets were in retrograde when you were born. A lot of the times when you're reading your natal charts, you'll see a small R next to the planet, and that lets you know that that planet was in retrograde when you were born. Now, myself, I was born with like five or, yeah, I think five or six planets in retrograde. I don't have my my. chart up. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes retrograde periods feel like a hug for me. And when it's not a retrograde, everything, the energy is more chaotic for me at times, at times. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. And, and I think that it is important to mention this because it, they do get a bad rap, um, but they do have their purpose. They serve their purpose. And I think collectively, we need that pause, that mental pause more than ever. And it's kind of like the universe is like nudge, like forcing us to kind of slow down. <laughs> yes. Like, listen to me. Listen to what I said. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So... You know, Mercury, it's it's analytical, it's thinking, it's weighing options, you know, it's um, reviewing, planning, that sort of thing. Okay, so next, let's move on to Venus. And of course, as you know, Venus is the planet of love and romance and everything feminine and beautiful and even even rings forward the word like diplomatic in a way, you know, like this, I think of like a classy sexy woman or something, you know, that's Venus. Venus is the planet of what I like in astrology. So this has to do with 
things that sort of tickle your fancy or things that um, you're attracted to as well. Venus is also responsible for drawing people into our lives. So you can think of like Venus is like being like the peacock feathers on a male peacock, you know, like <laughs> you can use the the energy of that planet to do all kinds of fun spell work, I'm sure as well. You absolutely can. And when it comes to a natal chart, you know, Venus kind of shows you how you love. So, you know, you, you take, uh, when you're reading your chart, you take the planet and the sign that it's in and you sort of figure out how that applies back. Next up, we have Mars. Now, Mars is a very powerful planet. It is the planet of like physical energy, you know, think muscles, hot, sweaty muscles, you know, the drive, the stamina, that sort of thing. It's the planet of what I Is want. anybody else getting turned on? <laughs> Maybe slightly. <laughs> 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 big, big energy again. <laughs> yes. Um, but it also is the planet of, you know, aggression in a way as well. There's that, that shadow side of that. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of ruthless in that way. So, um, you know, it, it comes to fight and it wins every single time. Mars has to do with our desires, um, but it also has to do with our ambition, so the big focus with Mars is push, you know, moving forward, think falling forward or failing forward, you know, success, like you can use Mars in that way. And that's what it'll represent in your chart. Yes. The next planet we're going to talk about is Jupiter. Now, Jupiter is the largest planet in our solar system. So obviously you can imagine that there's a lot of energy around this planet and what it means in your chart is expansion. This is the planet of what I believe. So it has to do with luck and expansion and, and big thinking. And um, it can also do with success. Yeah, for Jupiter, this is basically a planet of good fortune. Wherever this falls into your chart is typically thought of as areas that are going to be a little bit more of ease for you. So not only that, but Jupiter is, is the sign of expansion. Jupiter is the planet that rules Sagittarius, which is also the sign of expansion and learning. So Jupiter's energy is, it's very lighthearted and, and prosperous. Now, next up is sort of the opposite of Jupiter. And that is Saturn. Yes, Saturn is the planet of boundaries and structure and self-discipline. So Saturn, it brings about ideas of like the grandpa planet. It seems to be slower, dimmer. It's it's like an ancient planet. You know, it's one of the original planets. Um and it's a little more, it's a little more modest, right? It's a little more reeled in. It teaches you where you need to grow, you know, things that you need to work on. And isn't it also the planet of Aquarius? 
Uh, originally, in traditional astrology, Saturn ruled Aquarius. Now, in modern, it is Uranus. So, <laughs> yes, well, they, I think they both very much make sense because my entire life is full of learning boundaries and structure and self-discipline. So <laughs> it's definitely very fitting. Yeah, actually, for for the planets that um, or for these signs that originally have two rulerships, you, you do sort of have to take into consideration, you know, which system you want to go off of, because there is traditional astrology. So like what Jamie mentioned here, the original planet for Aquarius was Saturn. And you'll you'll find that that's true with uh, Pisces as well at, and Scorpio. Next, we're going to talk about Uranus. Now, Uranus is a really fun planet. I it's it's the planet of originality and genius, right? Innovation, you know. So think what this planet will represent in your chart is how I think you're going to stand out into the world, like how you're going to bring about some original energy to the world. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. This is the planet of innovation and invention. Uranus is also considered the the planet of risk as well, you know, being that it is one of innovation and originality. So where this lands in your chart will also show you sort of where you take risks as well. Next up, we have Neptune. Now, Neptune is one of those magical planets, in my opinion. It's the planet of imagination and psychic abilities. So think like third eye kind of stuff, right? This is where you're going to be really creative, you know, where you're going to have visions, where you're going to be able to be very, very empathic. Um, Neptune is the planet of that. And that's what it will represent in your chart. Neptune is is the ruler of Pisces, uh, at, at least in modern times. And this is, and it sort of has some similarities to uh, Uranus. Are we saying it that way today? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we are. Okay. All right. I'm going to stick with it, despite everything in me that wants to be a 12-year-old boy. Um, <laughs> but, so, so... Uranus and Neptune are sort of breaking free and Neptune is this this unlimiting planet you know as as we said before it has themes of imagination so this is an important planet to sort of navigate you know where in your life you are less bound by tradition and last but definitely not least we have Pluto, this poor planet. It's been yanked back and forth. <laughs> you know, we don't and, talk about Pluto. I know. So Pluto is the planet of transformation and in secrets, you know. So I guess we had to keep it secret for a little while and then we brought it back. I don't know. In and out of the closet <laughs> with Pluto. Just in and out. This poor little guy. <laughs> But Pluto is, it, it, it carries a lot of knowledge with it, right? Think like secret knowledge, you know, uh, wisdom, wisdom of the elders of the ages, transformation and growth. Those are, this is how you'll see that this planet 
affects your birth chart. Yes. Yeah. Pluto is a planet that sort of freaks people out much like the eighth house, which I'm fixing to get into in a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's the planet of death and rebirth. So wherever this lands on your birth chart will sort of show you where there is an intensity to your life, where where there's this creation and destruction or death and rebirth. It's it's a pretty telling placement in the in the natal chart. And I don't remember right offhand where my Pluto is, but now I'm curious. <laughs> Yours is in the 12th house. So, you know, it, okay. it's. That's fun. Yes, I believe. <laughs> Hold on. I might be wrong. No, no. Yeah, your, your Pluto is in the 12th house. And I think I said before that it was in the planet or in the house of its um, its own sign, which it's not. But it is still in a water house. So, hmm. Correcting intensity, myself. Intensity and more intensity. Love it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Got that water in a water house. It's, it's. All right. So next up, we're going to discuss houses. Now, before I get into that, I sort of want to lay this out for you. Now, so we've got the planets and what the planets tell you is what energy is being expressed. And then you apply the signs and that shows you how it's being expressed. So the sign that the planet is in sort of colors and flavors, you know, that particular planet. Now, lastly, we have houses. So you got planets, which are what, signs, which are how, and then you have houses. And this shows us where it happens in our lives. So the houses are arguably one of the most important components to a birth chart. Now, that said, there are a lot of people who don't know their particular birth time. I, I see a lot um, online where the even when they get their birth certificate, it doesn't have the birth time on there. Now, you can read your chart without it, but ideally you would have your birth time. Now, there are some very, very knowledgeable astrologers who are able to actually work your birth time back just by the key moments in your lives, like sort of the key aspects. So losses and, and marriages and births of your children, they can work it back and they can figure out your birth time, which it's very fascinating. I do not have that capability, maybe one day, but that's just not where I'm at right now. Um, so if you don't know your birth time, you have the option to work with these people. But if you do, it really adds a complexity to your chart. Now, without your birth time, you will not be able to find out your ascendant. And what the ascendant does is that starts the first house. So wherever your ascendant is, that is the beginning of the first house in your natal chart. Just like the signs, the houses are 1 through 12. And each house sort of corresponds with a sign. Now, for the first house, this is said to be related to the sign of Aries. And the first house is, is, a, is our ego. You know, these, this is beginnings and identity, and this can shape our appearance even. The first house is, you know, considered our house of self. So this is, you know, 
the house of identity. Next, we have the second house, and this would be related to the sign of Taurus. And this house, the themes of this house are possessions and self-worth and security as well as, you know, material matters and money. Then we've got the third house, and that is the house of, that is the house that relates to Gemini. And this is the house of thinking, learning, community, intellect, and it's also the house of siblings. So not to get too far ahead, when these houses are well aspected, you know, you could see the birth of a sibling. So when houses sort of have siblings or parents or other family members, it can point to events that will be occurring in your life. Now, next house is the fourth house, and this is the house that corresponds with cancer. And some of the themes are home and family, as well as security and nurturing. Up next, we have the fifth house, and this is the house of creativity. This is this is a fun house. This is the one that corresponds with Leo. So, you know, it's got that attention and lightheartedness and fun aspect. You know, this is a house of expression. And it's also a house of children. So when there are planets in here that are, or when the planets that you have in here are well aspected, you may, may uh, end up with a new bundle of joy. So if that is not something you are after, wrap it up. So, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And you know, astrology is so amazing. (laughs) What it can tell, you know? So much it's fascinating. Yeah. You can really, uh, I, I am good with astrology, but I am not the best out there. Like I keep studying, I keep studying, you know, one day maybe I'll get it, but yeah, it's amazing what um, some astrologers can tell just by looking at your birth chart and the aspects that transiting planets make, which before I start sounding like I'm speaking gibberish, I'm just going to continue on to the sixth house. <laughs> sixth house. Uh, now, for the sixth house, this is the house of Virgo, and this is the house of of work. Uh, it's it's more like the the work that we do to accomplish like our day to day more than a career. Um, it's um, the house of service and health and fitness and routines. After that, we have the seventh house, and this is the house that relates to Libra. Now, this is a house of aesthetics and partnerships. Uh, this is relationships as well. You know, it's not just business, although there is a business aspect to this. And it's, you know, also one of quality or balance as well. And then, and then we have the eighth house, which is probably the most feared house out of the whole bunch. And this is the house that relates to Pluto. Now, uh, as we were just saying a few moments ago, Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth. And if you have planets within the eighth house, you know, you can sort of see these same themes. Now, this is a house of intimacy and transformation and also uh, sex, mystery and inheritance as well. It can indicate when you might receive something. 
After that, we have the ninth house, which is related to Sagittarius. And this is a house of travel and philosophy and expansion. Uh, it, it sort of focuses on education and wisdom, much like Sagittarius does. Now, 10th house. Now, earlier when I was discussing 6th house, I made a point to say that it's more of the, the work that we do, you know, just sort of to get by and not our career. Well, the 10th house is the house of our career. Now, this is a house of structure. It is one of achievements and you know, reputation as well. And this can also point to our relationship with our fathers as well. Now, the 11th house is the house that relates to Aquarius. And some of the themes of this house are the future, sort of envisioning a future for yourself. Whereas earlier, you know, we said innovation. Yes, this is the house of innovation and originality and also one of rebellion. And lastly, we have the 12th house, and this is the house that relates to Pisces. And this is the house, you know, the themes of this house are the subconscious. You know, again, this has ties to imagination and hidden elements. And, but it's also a house of closure and solitude as well, you know, being that last house uh, out of the 12th. Now, much like these signs are broken into modalities, uh, you know, as far as cardinal and mutable and fixed go, the houses themselves are also broken down into types. So in this right, you have the angular houses, the succedent houses, and the cadent houses. Now, angular houses in your chart are considered the most powerful in the chart. And the angular houses, they correspond with the houses of the cardinal signs. So these would be houses one, four, seven, and 10. Now, when you're reading your own chart, you wanna pay particular attention to these four houses. You know, and this makes sense because, you know, these are houses that are sort of at the core of us, like you have your first house and that's your house of self. And then you have the fourth house and that's your house of home. And next is the seventh house. Now this is marriages and partnerships and 10th house is one of career. So naturally these four houses are going to have, you know, they're going to have an additional focus. You know, these are, are very pertinent elements to a person's life. So you want to pay attention to what's happening in these houses when you're reading your own chart. Another point to look out for is the point that's on the cusp of the 10th house. Now this is your midhaven. It's sort of this 12 o'clock mark on your chart. Now this is the, again, this occurs in the house of career. So this is the point that you pay attention to uh, when you're wanting to know more about your house of career or your public image. You know, this is your professional path. On the direct opposite side of this is your IC. Now, this is positioned on the fourth house. So, you know, this is sort of indicative of your, your roots and, you know, the, the foundations and the very beginning of your life. So this is also a a fundamental point in your chart to pay attention to. Now, earlier we talked about the ascendant directly opposite of the ascendant is the descendant. And what these four points do, 
is they split your chart into four quadrants. Now, if your eyes are starting to glaze over, don't worry. I am going to be providing graphics for you to to sort of help assist you like bring the puzzle pieces in because I know it's hard when somebody is speaking and you're not seeing at least for me which is why I put such an emphasis on creating graphics because I can very much be a visual learner as well and sometimes when you're just spitting facts at me or numbers I don't know what the hell you're saying and I stop listening. So <laughs> just, yeah, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I'm always telling Charlotte, like, I need a flow chart. Like I need a timeline. Like <laughs> I need yes. to see it <laughs> in my mind. Yes. I, I, I want a visual on that and don't worry. I've already got some graphics prepared to sort of break this down. And I also have graphics on my other page as well, which we'll share to the stories. You know, the ones that are relevant to this topic, you'll start to see in our stories about the time that the episode is, is launching or shortly thereafter. So don't worry. Don't worry. We got you. Now, quadrants are important. Now, you've got houses one through three, and these sort of represent the self or how you're coming across. And then you have four to six, which represent, you know, your inner world, you know, what's occurring in your home. So houses seven through nine, these represent others. And when I'm saying that, what I mean is other people and your relations to them. And then the 10th and 12th houses are outer houses. And this is what's occurring around you and the, the world, you know, at large. So the quadrants are very important. And when you're reading your chart, you may realize that you have planets, you know, that are really heavy and focused in one quadrant in particular. And this will really tell you a lot about yourself. So another thing I wanted to mention is stelliums. And I know somebody who is very familiar with those. Yeah, I do have one, right? Do I just have one? I believe you just have the one. Hold on. Okay. Actually, yeah. Well, and again, yeah. if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you can probably guess what that stellium is. <laughs> Yes. Now, what stelliums do is they provide an intense concentration uh, of energy in a particular, not only a particular sign, but a particular house. So not only do you have to take into consideration, you know, what sign that that stellium is occurring in, you have to take into consideration what house it's occurring in. So you know, somebody, say somebody else has a shit ton of Aquarius placements. Their Aquarius won't express in the same way because it doesn't land in the same house. Yes. And I cannot remember which house mycelium takes place in. I'm sure you know because you know Mentor better than I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Yours occurs in the third house. In the third house. Which well, well, well. <laughs> yes, yes. So your Aquarius has a Gemini flavor. So <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yes, yes. Another important part of your natal chart is the most elevated planet. Now, 
what the most elevated planet shows us is what we might be naturally good at in terms of career or or anything in the public arena. So if you have a planet close to your 10th house, pay special attention to what that planet is. And in relation to sort of your, your natural talents. Now, another topic that I won't be covering here, at least not on this episode, is aspects to a planet. You may have heard people say that their moon is trying their sun. And what this means is it is in a particular degree. Now, for a trine, the planets are 120 degrees away from each other. And this is considered a harmonious placement. And then you have conjunctions. And what a conjunction means is the planets are zero degrees away from each other. So, you know, these planets are acting in harmony because, you know, they're so close together. And there's other aspects such as square and opposition and sextile as well. And these are all varying degrees. I don't want to get too heavy into that because that is when people's eyes really start to glaze over. But I do want to let you know that aspects are one of the most important parts of astrology. It, it shows how these energies are working together or against each other. So with that said, the most aspected planet in your chart will also be of particular importance because it's got a lot of energy going into it. So when you're reading your own chart, that's just something for you to look out for. Which planet you know, has the most trines, squares, oppositions, you name it. It's going to show an area of emphasis in your life. Another thing that I believe I have mentioned in another episode is our chart rollers. Now, what a chart roller is, is the planet of your rising sign. So, Jamie, your chart ruler would be Pluto and mine would be Jupiter. Now, Whatever house that your chart ruler is in is also an area of particular importance. You know, this is sort of a theme for your life. So like if it occurred in the fourth house, uh, an important theme to your life would be family. If it occurs in the 12th house, you know, it would be secrets or the use of intuition. Now, the 12th house is largely a very broad house to cover. And a lot of times people can sort of struggle with sort of concisely figuring out what exactly that that house covers. Now, lastly, we want to mention something that was completely new to me um, that I just recently learned. And that was about day charts and night charts. So if your sun is above the horizon line or in houses 7 to 12, you have a day chart. If your sun is below the horizon or in houses one through six, then you have what they call a night chart. Now, in a day chart, this is going to be someone who is outwardly expressive. Think extroverted people, right? These are people who have the sun above the horizon line in their astrological birth chart. And they're usually more socially oriented. So they're really comfortable being in the public eye. Um, They tend to relate to things in a more objective and collectively focused way. So they are 
the faces that we see like on commercials and social media and this sort of thing. You know, these are people that we see and that we know in the public eye. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily be in the public eye. It's just to say that you're probably going to be someone who is outspoken. You're not afraid to speak your mind. You're not afraid to express yourself. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> like like Charlotte here. Right? <laughs> describe her that way. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I definitely never had any aspirations of being in the public eye but I am definitely outspoken. Yes, that rings true for sure. Yep, I'd say. <laughs> but yeah. in, a, in a nice, in a nice way, though. In a nice way. I do my best. I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, and on the flip side of that, you have the night chart. Now, these are the people that are behind the scenes okay these are the people that you know have to exist because you see things get done and you don't know how they get done this is your people okay this is this is you if you have a night chart um so this is people who have the sun below the horizon in their birth chart and they tend to be a little bit more reserved you know these are your introverts they're you're a little bit more private about your life you know you may not have much of a presence online at all um, or if you do, maybe it's just the you you want people to see. You're not the the Facebook diary type, right? Okay. <laughs> and you're going to be more focused and introspective um, than other people. And you have this like emotional aspect to your life. So think like the sensitive, quiet person. This is that person. I'm a night chart, but I don't f- necessarily feel like that. <laughs> It's a new concept to me as well. I had I had heard about it somewhere, so I started doing a little more digging. And I don't necessarily resonate with it, but you know, it's like anything with astrology. You you can't take the one piece. You sort of have to you know, you create a story with everything. It, it it's not one component. It's the combined way that these these components work with each other you know it's the, the layers as we were talking about earlier so you can't just right. take you know one thing yeah you know for me i i'd never related to my sun sign not not a lick but you know as you dig into my chart you can see why that might be aside from being a home buddy because a hundred percent guilty of that but <laughs> other than that I, I'm not very sensitive. I, I I am not a big crier. You know, just things that are sort of stereotypical for cancers aren't something that I relate to. But like I said, everything it's just one element to a a larger larger picture, really. Well, and it might be one of those things as well, like you said earlier, that maybe you grow into it. Because I would definitely say that as I've gotten older, I have become more private. I have become more introspective. Um, I've been working Ooh. on emotional intelligence, like for Sherzies, like that exact phrase, like that has been my focus for the last like 18 months to two years. Um, and even though you are a homebody, look at it. I mean, you're doing a podcast, you have an online shop, <laughs> you know, you have 33 point something thousand followers, you know, on Instagram. So you're in the public eye. Maybe you weren't before, but you are now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. When you mentioned that, I was like, yeah, maybe I, I would say that it, it's something that I've grown into. You know, it wasn't 
anything I would have been able to do even before now, you know, in, in every step of the way, it's definitely pushing myself out of that comfort zone, which, which is a good thing to do, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would even like go as far as to say that I've, I have become a lot less open, like online, um, than I was before in the past, um, yeah. So it's kind of funny, like we're both like kind of flip-flopping here a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, well, I mean, you know, on my on my personal pages, hell, we were having a conversation the other day. I was like, I don't even remember the last time I posted on there. I looked and it was back in January. So that is how <laughs> active and how much I want people to know about my personal life. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I think the pandemic has changed a lot for a lot of people as well. Um, I think collectively we've all become a lot more introspective because we were sort of forced to, you know, sit with our own thoughts being at home so much. So completely unrelated, but also related. (laughs) No, that was an introvert's dream. I mean, not, not the, not the illness, you know, not, not the epidemic itself, but, but being able to work from home without any pants mm-hmm. i struck gold it was fantastic fantastic <laughs> i mean i <laughs> i used to be a lot more of a people person than i am now i i wish i could say that it didn't affect me or didn't change me in any kind of way um but i really did become a lot less peopley um i mean uh, <laughs> it's like if i can avoid being in public now I will. And, and there is some like anxiety that goes along with that, that I'm still working on that I think also kind of was stirred up during the pandemic and then some, you know, um, things that I was going through personally, but, but yeah, I, some days I just don't want to people, you know, like I'll make Greg go in to stores and stuff. I'll be in the car. I'm like, I'm not having a people day, honey. <laughs> Here, take my yeah. card. <laughs> Good. Good. No, that that's that's me. That's me. I cannot blame that on the pandemic. I I can't I can't. But but yeah, <laughs> that, that's definitely me. And I'm sure that you know the pandemic itself shifted everything. And I I don't I imagine we'll be seeing um, the ways that that impacted everything. You know. We're going to continue to see it, you know, not yeah. not even on a personal scale, but larger scale as well. So, Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the one thing that I love about astrology is it helps you become so much more self-aware. You know, I think self-awareness, awareness in general is very important, but self-awareness is key. You know, self-awareness is self-mastery. You know, and that's where our true power lies. So when you can see this birth chart, which is like the blueprint for your life, you know, it helps you understand the things that have happened in the past. It helps you to understand the present. It can help you predict, you know, trends and things in the future for your life. You know, when, when to start a business, when to switch jobs, when to try and have a baby, you know, like all of these things can be predicted um, and looked at. And, um, you know, they say ignorance is bliss sometimes and too much information can, can make you feel, like expect things. So you have to fall somewhere in the middle, you know, like the, like Buddha says the middle way. Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't even know if I can live by that because when I get uh, passionately curious about something, I die full in and I want to know all the info. So, so I, 
I'm not really balanced when it comes to that. <laughs> but <laughs> well, it's I'd say it's I, whatever you're comfortable with, you know, like for yeah. me, I feel like if I know too much, then I get hyper focused on it, which is like maybe part of that ADD coming in, ADHD, whatever. <laughs> it's like, um, so it's like, sometimes it's like, okay, I'll just know a little bit, just enough, you know? <laughs> I, no, I, I don't relate to that, but I definitely relate to what you were saying uh, about it being, you know, sort of the, the blueprint and a, what astrology does very well is it opens us up to ideas, you know, and, and things that we can work on. Because like we, like we discussed in the Astrology 101 episode, you know, there's strength and there's weaknesses to every sign. And it, it assists us in knowing areas that we can improve upon or areas that, you know, we might not have been aware of. So it, it's very good for sort of highlighting a multifaceted human being, you know, because, <laughs> you know, we, we, we are, you know, we're made up of many parts, some of them great, some of them not so great, you know, they all sort of paint a picture, but it, it helps us to be aware Absolutely. I mean, as, as much as I think the powers that be sometimes would much rather us see ourselves as, you know, one dimensional, we very much are complex, you know, in a really beautiful way. And you can play to your strengths, you know, in, in ways that you wouldn't know how to otherwise that I think honestly could be utilized in a much better way or even at all, um, in big business, you know, um, so depends on the business. It does depend on the business. I just remember I had this idea years ago um, for this art that I was creating and it incorporated like commercial America in like how to hire and how to manage um, groups of people based on, you know, their astrological, astrological information. I thought it was a really cool idea and I, maybe it'll, maybe it'll get brought to the surface again one day, but it, it is a cool idea. It reminds me of um, the sort of the Myers-Briggs test and uh, the Enneagram, which are two other subjects that I'm pretty fascinated with. Um, although I, I would not be able to teach you anything, that's, that's something I have lightly learned and sort of glossed over. You know, I only learned about my one because... Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, I don't even think I could tell you right now what mine was. I think, it, no, I couldn't tell you. It, it was, it was pretty dead on. And so there's, yeah, there's different ways yeah. that, that you could, you know, help that. I just had always had this fascination with like business consulting. Cause I'm always like walking in places and I'm like, man, <laughs> y'all need to tighten up over here. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that test itself. The, the reason I brought it up is some businesses do actually use that as a, way to sort of understand, you know, who they're, they're working with. Now, this would have to be a business that, you know, really cares about connecting with their workers. And, and that's not always the case, as we know, but unfortunately, I mean, but wouldn't that be an amazing shift to see happen, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> so all this talk about birth charts, but where can people find the best information for, about their own birth chart? Ooh, there are a few websites that I I love. Now, one of them is just plain astro.com. And this is 
nine times out of 10, if I'm pulling up a chart, this is where I'm going to. But I also like eh, eh, the aesthetics of astro-charts.com. That one's one of my favorites. Visually, I have said before, I, I really... I like pretty things and, and just like the, the visual layout of this site is, is really nice and the information is accurate as well. And it also gives you a few cool things that the, uh, that some of the other, um, astrology sites don't. So that, that one's one of my favorites. Those, those would be my top two recommendations for just printing off your natal chart. Yeah, I really like that last one myself. I remember when you shared that um, particular site with me and I was like, ooh, this is really well done. The The font is nice. It's easy to read. It's easy to look at. It's easy to navigate. And there are some bonuses yeah. in there. And they're, they're explained sort of in layman's terms. So uh, for someone like me who isn't like very well versed, um, I could make sense of it rather than it just being like charts that I don't know how to read. Ooh, yes, yes. Uh, okay, so another one that I forgot to mention is astroseek.com. Sorry, astro-seek.com. Now, this is one of my favorites as far as how in-depth it goes into describing your chart. Not only does it describe the the planets and the signs, but it also tells you how it interacts with the house that it's in. So this is another one of my favorites, you know, particularly, you know, if you're newer and you need more, you need more information as far as reading your chart. This is a great one for that. Or if you want a cool party trick, <laughs> you can whip that one out to impress or scare the shit out of someone <laughs> who's not familiar. <laughs> Um, there have been many a times where I have started going through people's charts as I'm sitting around having some drinks with them. Yes, that's, that's, that's my go-to actually. Uh, <laughs> you've had it happen to you. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really yes. fun, but I have been places before and we're talking about birth charts and then, you know, here comes the hyper, hyper focused. I'm like, let me have your information. And they're like, oh my God, it says what? <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you know that? You know, and I'm like, it's just, it's right here. I don't know what to tell you. See, it's yeah. real. I promise. I mean, it says what it says. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then I'm automatically labeled that weird, that weird witchy girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine. okay with it. Totally okay. Yes. In fact, <laughs> I, I prefer it that way. Yeah. I just absolutely find it fascinating and I don't care who knows. Well, this was an amazing episode, if I say so myself. There is so much information jam-packed in here. And like Charlotte said, she's going to have graphics to go along with all of this information. Um, you can find it on our Instagram, which is Cosmic Cauldron Podcast. And so look for cool stuff in our stories as well. We're trying to post there regularly. Um we do struggle sometimes to keep up with everything. So just bear with us. <laughs> Yes, because life. Because life, <laughs> yeah. We have like whole other things going on um, and, and we love it. We love what we do and we love bringing this information to you guys. So just be patient with us, but go follow us there, Cosmic Cauldron Podcast. And thank you for joining us around the cauldron every week. Until next time, blessed be. Peace out.